Hello and welcome to the podcast, Are We Nearly There Yet? My name's Professor Andrew Sherry and I'm interested in people's journeys to discover who they are and what they're made to do. We can all learn something from other people's stories, so join me on another adventure. Seize opportunities that come your way. Now, say yes to new opportunities and keep every door open. Today I'm talking to Ismail Patel, who is an electrical and instrumentation technical support engineer at the National Nuclear Laboratory. Ismail lives in Blackburn, Lancashire, with his family. Welcome Ismail, and thank you so much for joining me. It's good to see you. Pleasure to be here, Andrew. Thank you for inviting me on. So Ismail, you grew up in Blackburn. Tell us a little bit about what were you like as a youngster? As a youngster, I was... um... I was pretty confident, I guess, from an academic point of view. I was pretty much coasting along in schools, doing good enough without kind of getting into too much trouble. I guess between year seven and nine, I was I was more interested in kind of what was happening at the back of the classroom and making jokes and and actually what was happening outside the classroom and actually turf pitch. I don't. I really enjoyed PE and playing football at lunchtime as well. So between yeah, seven and year seven and nine, that was kind of the focus. I enjoyed the creative subjects as well, IT, product design. And then I think it hit me in year 10, where I had parents evening. So it was one evening where me and mum, we were sat on one side and we had the teachers on the other side. And yeah, all the all of the subjects we did until then, they were fairly good until we got to IT. And I thought, okay, this, this is going quite well. And I got to IT and I was predicted to fail in IT. And there was Miss Clarkson sat opposite me. And I was like, what's going on here? I wasn't expecting that because I really enjoyed IT. I think that episode and I got home, mum spoke to me like, what's going on? It kind of really kicked me into gear. I was like, oh, hang on, I can't, I can't fail IT. I really enjoy IT and it's, what's going on? But luckily it was kind of year 10. I still had about a year, year and a half to kind of sort everything out, get myself into gear and turn my results around. And luckily, yeah, I think that was, that was, a, that was a kick I needed. And I still remember at the end of year 11, it was results day and I went in, I went to all the teachers and they're like, oh, congratulations, congratulations. And then I sat at the table again with Clarkson on the opposite side who I had in year seven, year nine, 10, 11. And the same teacher that said to me, no, if you don't, if you don't turn it around and you could fail, she was crying. She's like, you, you, you turned it around. Um, and I got an A in that. So yeah, it was, it was, it was something which I was really proud of as well. My mum was proud of me as well because she knew how hard I, uh, I'd worked and obviously how hard they'd worked to support me as well. So, so, so what did you do next then after your GCSEs? So in GCSEs, I enjoyed IT. There's one of the subjects I really enjoyed, which is product design. Now, all the other subjects, subjects I found that had kind of a right and wrong answer. There was a kind of syllabus you had to follow and, but product design didn't, and there was no real right or wrong answer. I mean, as long as you kind of researched it and you backed it up, and you were able to kind of express your creative side, actually that's what got you kind of the marks. I still remember, I chose product design, I did it in year 10 and year 11, and Mr. Thompson, every day after school, probably after four to five days a week, he'd stay back with us. There's about three, four of us who really enjoyed it, and every day he'd stay back and be like, Mr. Thompson, are we have to come after, after school today? He's like, yeah, 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 three till four. And he made that sacrifice, and I guess he was probably marking papers or whatever, but... And then, you know, he'd, 
he'd be like, oh, this is what I've done in my career. And he'd give us anecdotes and stories about his. And it was, it was that sacrifice, I guess, he made, which really kind of had an impact on me. And um, I guess it, it, it rubbed off on me and inspired me, really. And then since then, I knew kind of engineering was something that I wanted to kind of find out more about. So I went into Blackburn College and I did my ONC there in electrical and electronic engineering. And it was something, yeah. I mean, all of a sudden now you 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 go from kind of having an interest to actually this is what I'm studying. And actually that episode in year 10, 11, Miss Clarkson, I wasn't like it happened to me again. So I made sure I you know, kind of focused on studies and yeah, I've got 18 distinction out of 18 units. So it was, yeah, it was, it was something which I knew I wanted to do. I knew it was, and then I needed to do it. So yeah, that was kind of college. I was going to say, it's, it's, ama- it's amazing how those little wake-up moments and then how you re- it's how you respond to these moments that's so important because we all get little challenges in, in our lives, but often it's not the challenge so much. It's, it's more about our response to the challenge. And your response was, hang on a minute, I need to do some work here. Yeah. And, you know, and that sort of, that sort of followed through. Um, I'm interested in why you chose electrical engineering rather than because there's all sorts of engineering aren't there civil engineering mechanical you know electrical aerospace you know there's a whole breadth of engineering what was it about the electrical that caught your eye do you think I think it was something which I understood I kind of I I guess you you go around your house and you see electricity happen all the time and you know you you switch the light on and boom it's it's like you know you you switch uh, you know you plug something in the socket and you know your hoover works and it's something which I like, I wanted to know more about. And I'll be honest, it was kind of, it could have gone either way, really. But it was something I go, eh, I like electrical engineering. Let's go for that. But I guess the first year is really quite broad anyway. So you, you do study mechanical uh, engineering as well. So actually, at the end of the first year, if I wanted to, I could have actually switched to mechanical. But yeah, I enjoyed it. It was something which, yeah, it was something which I was, I was quite happy to actually go on with the career. So then you made a, a sort of interesting sort of decision. You, you had a choice then, didn't you? Tell us about the choice you faced and, and why you chose what you did. So I guess it's a choice with, with uh, cause National Friendship Week coming up in the next couple of weeks. And kind of, I know there's a lot of people, including my younger brother, who's actually 18 years old now, and he's, he's choosing, does he go uni or does he go for a friendship route? And funny enough, this is exactly you know, the kind of the pathway that I had to choose back when I was 18 as well. So I just finished college. I, I've got, you know, the great results I wanted and because I worked hard for it. And I was then torn between choosing an apprenticeship or doing a degree and going to university. So I did what kind of anyway, I think would recommend anyone to do, including my younger brother, which was applied for uni. I did the UCAS and applied for the five different unis, but I also applied for apprenticeships. Now, I applied for the five different unis. I got a, you know, successfully secured a place at a number of them, but I still wasn't sure if that was right for me. I think that came for, there's a number of reasons. Firstly, so I had friends who were kind of one or two years older than me and some of them were doing really well in their apprenticeships. And they, you know, they, first of all, they no debt, they'd get paid, they were studying and the company was paying for them to do the H&C, H&D at that time. And on the other side, I had friends who went to university and they were really smart people and you know, they'd got, you know, firsts and they're doing brilliant and kind of, academic wise and but they come out of their degree they were in tens of thousand pounds of debt they had no industry experience unless they did a year in industry and 
Yeah, it was, I mean, it, it, it was difficult for some of them to find jobs and secure jobs. So eventually they just, some of them did the masters instead. So yeah, I guess weighing these two up, getting, you know, and then they had to be apprenticeship for me. No, you get experience, you get your uni p- uh, fees paid for, there's no debt and you get paid. <laughs> I think after a lot of thought, I decided to go down the apprenticeship route. And so yeah, applied for a number, number of apprenticeships and NNL, the National Nuclear Lab, were one of the organisations that got back to me. Fantastic. I mean, it's really interesting talking through those sorts of mm-hmm. decisions that, 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 that people have to make and why you made your decision, because they are two... They are two different routes, but finding the one that suits you and also weighing up the options for you, talking to other people about what was it like for them and observing what it was like for them, I think is all, you know, it's a really good approach to how you make decisions. So, um, so you did start at at NNL. Tell us about your first day. How did you feel coming into, uh, to NNL that first day? The good thing was I, during my interview, I actually came to NNL to do a kind of a presentation of why I think I'd be a good engineer. So I already knew the facility, I knew the people, you know, I knew the receptionist, I knew the engineer, I knew the, no, the apprentice, the year above me, Adam. Um, so I had kind of a good idea of, you know, where everything was. But yeah, you, you come in your first day and like any organisation, you're hit with training, aren't you? Like... <laughs> This is your, you know, this is this training, your induction. Your, this is the introduction to nuclear. And you're like, wow, oh, it's, it is a lot to take in. But I mean, as soon as you sit down, you're like, wow. Well, I mean, I'm at organisation now. I mean, it's not school anymore. I need to, I need to make sure I impress. I need to make sure I do my work, be on time, and and yeah, there's all these kind of feelings, kind of all at the same time hitting you. And then, the good thing was I had a good you know, support scheme with me, and you know, you've got your, you've got your buddies, and you've got your mentors. And you've also got people around you that kind of just say anything you need to give it a shout. And I think that's that's really important, having a kind of supportive environment, people that, you know, even if you're just getting, you know, I don't need access to the printer, just someone to say, I need some help. Because, <laughs> you know, in high school, it just works, doesn't it? Whereas uh, at work, you've got to, yeah, you've got to set everything up. So exactly, exactly. And and did you feel you were the sort of person who was comfortable asking questions? Because some people can be very shy, can't they, and feel like it's a silly question, therefore yeah. I won't ask it. But you were okay with that, were you? Yeah, yeah. I think you just got to ask as many questions as you want. And some of them might be silly, but at the end of the day, you've got to get get it done, don't you? You've got you've got to you need to print some out. So you need to print <laughs> you can either <laughs> sit there for a couple hours, you know, thinking, oh, who should I ask? And all these people look really busy or you can just ask them and actually you can get it done within five minutes yeah exactly exactly so tell us what were some of the things that you were getting involved in in that first you know couple of years so one of the interesting things about um, the apprenticeship which was a higher apprenticeship at that time so the first year of your apprenticeship you're actually not nnl you're at a training company so my training company was in Blackburn called Training 2000. And here you get in a basic engineering experience. You're doing you know, hands-on skills, learning about fitting, milling, obviously electrical wiring and testing, and getting a generic view, overview of engineering. And this is kind of over the first nine to 12 months. It was a, it was a great experience. And, and then as soon as I came back in the second year, I was offered the opportunity to work at Enel's Preston facility and initially I was like what's going on here I'm a, I'm a, I'm a design engineer I shouldn't be I shouldn't be in a in a workshop with electricians I was really nervous about that because it was it was a completely new environment I was 18 19 years old but looking back at it it was one of the best experiences that I've ever had you know it was you're constantly learning you're constantly on your toes you're you're 
you're learning new new things about you know electrical engineering while I'm testing and again they've got great people there you know experts in electricians they're great electricians you've got great instrument engineers and you're constantly learning new things I think it's really important because as a design engineer you're obviously going to see the kind of the designs the drawings and the project side of engineering but you don't really get that plant experience and actually this is what as a as an electrician you're getting the designs and actually actually does that fit no. um and actually going on plant and seeing that i think um understanding what actually happens to the drawings it was a fantastic experience so yeah again kind of the back end of the second and the third year of the apprenticeship was back in nnl's design office in risley back on uh, back in familiar turf in warrington and so here that's design drafting and updating electrical drawings using autocad which is uh, which is the 2d kind of software for electrical engineers um it's kind of a lot of problem solving, fault finding, looking at fault observations and giving suggestions. And I guess towards the back of it, once you've built the solid foundations, then you can kind of go into kind of cabling layout, power, earthing, lighting, and really the electric, the electrical stuff. So yeah, that was the, that was the apprenticeship. And um, so during kind of one day a week, so the first year was H&C, second year doing one day a week H&D, and then kind of towards the third year doing my um, honours degree. Um, so it was, it was great. So it was one day a week, you're at uni or college, and then four days a week, you're in the workplace, which is a great balance. So it's a great, as you say, it's a great balance, isn't it? What, what yeah. do you think you learned about yourself during that time? Were there particular things that you found gave you energy more than other things? Did you find some things very difficult? What about your sort of strengths and your weaknesses? I think those three years were, I learned that if you stick at something, eventually it will come. Initially, so this goes for applies for both my kind of uni and work. So at, at work, for example, sometimes you look at something, you're like, this, it, it just looks like kind of one enormous project. But actually, you've just got to split it in chunks. As, as soon as you split it in chunks, saying, this is my task for this week. No, this is what I need to get done. By the end of this week, I need to get this done. And then, you know, by month three, I'll get this, this, and this done. And then, you know, before you look, you know, you zoom out and you're like, oh, that, I've done quite a bit actually in the last three months. But obviously, initially you look at it, you're like, you can get overwhelmed sometimes. But actually, that's that's what I've learned. You're just going to split it up into chunks. I'm going to kind of the uni side. I guess H&C, H&D was pretty, it was okay. I, I found it to be quite easy. Again, got distinctions in all the units. But it's when I got to uni. Um, so it was kind of a two-year top-up. And then the first year, actually the first couple of months were really, really difficult. Because you go from doing maths that you kind of enjoy really and you, you kind of understand to kind of doing control engineering and you know you, you're doing stuff which really pushes you and stretches you <laughs> you got to month four and I went to the teacher uh, Dr Green Dr Derek Green and said to him, Derek I don't know if this is for me I'm, I'm really struggling here and he goes just stick at it just stick at it come to every lesson that you're doing right you know write what you need or if you're, you know however you absorb information some people you know information through kind of literally just looking at the teacher and listening to him some people write it down and stuck at it and at the end of the first year control engineering was the subject where I got my highest results in it, it's 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 crazy there if you stick at it eventually you will get it um that's that's what I learned fantastic that's great advice as well I mean it's sort of it like take you you know at school it was like you've got to work otherwise you're gonna fail and then, as you said, you know, you get all this practical experience and you're learning, you know, each week a little bit as well. And then when it becomes difficult, there's that persistence, that thing, you know, where you learn that actually you've got to push through 
and persistence actually pays off you know in the longer term doesn't it yeah if if it was easier and everyone would do it good lesson um so then back at back at nnl you were seconded into security modeling team for a bit i'm interested there because that was clearly you know something that was very different from what you've been used to it, you know it wasn't hands-on it wasn't using autocad or whatever how did you find that sort of transition and you're in a, and you're in a different team as well new people yeah, yeah exactly that um so one of the great things about nnl is that you're not just an engineer i mean you look around and you've got you've got the entire it team you've got kind of the project management team then you've got the modeling and simulation. I've always walked past them. And I was like, oh, this, this seems quite interesting. They've got the three, you know, they've got three screens and they're all you know, looking at charts. I'm like, seems quite interesting this. Um, and, and then you've got the safety team as well. Um, and they're always looking busy and kind of you know, doing interesting pieces of work. And it's always coming on the, um, on the internet portal that, we, uh, portal that we have about the great work that they're doing. So I got the opportunity to do a succumbent there in the safety, security, and safeguards team. And initially it was kind of a three-month stint. So basically, avert security software is a kind of it's a software which delivers outputs used in security vulnerability assessments. It's mostly used in the USA and it's an American software program, but they actually bring that into the UK as well. So I was a technical lead where I was using this 3D design package of uh, to model one of the buildings that we have. Can't say too much, but uh, one of the buildings that we have, and then and looking at ways to make the buildings more secure. Um, so that was one stint, and then the second stint in these uh, in the security team I had was working with Base and working with Rolls Royce Nuclear to deliver the technical requirements for a case study. Uh, for the security arrangements for a small modular reactor SMR program, it was some really interesting, really interesting work and studies. So it's kind of assessing the methods of security personnel that you know, could guard this potential SMR, uh, you know, measuring this against the current conventional security requirements that we have with armed guards, um, and you know it's got the potential to save millions of pounds of taxpayers' money at the end of the day over the kind of operating expense of a SMR's lifetime, and it was. It was some really interesting work. I got to work with some really interesting people. It's a great story, Ismail. You know, you, so many lessons in there. You don't realise, you know, how, how helpful it'll be for other people, this. So thank you. So now in your job, you've just recently been transferred back to NNL's Preston Laboratory to work in the engineering compliance team. Uh, I know it's early days, but tell me, how's that going? And what are you doing? So, okay, my, my, I guess my role at the moment kind of his assistance to the electrical and instrument engineering team kind of for maintenance and breakdown issues and small scale internal projects at NNL and kind of just making sure the building's running efficiently. This includes kind of complex routines, outages, making sure the plant is available for service engineers, working on, you know, making sure all the projects are kind of to work on time, quality and cost. And I've already led on some really exciting projects, um, you know, kind of transferring assets between NL's facilities, you know, working on Preston improvement projects. It's it's quite clear that you know the people working here, they're 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 firstly the experts in the field. Um, they've got decades of experience of on you know on plant, and they've been really supportive. And it's something I've really really enjoyed. And it's only been four months. I mean, I really can't wait for the future. Yeah. 
Well, let's just talk about that for a minute, because you've had such a fantastic experience so far. How, how do you see your future unfolding? So, I mean, the last five, four, five months here at Preston, I've been involved and let some kind of led some really exciting projects. I'm keen to get more involved in kind of business improvement projects, keep learning, keep developing, take on more responsibility. I guess from a personal level, I'd like to become kind of an expert in the next five to 10 years in both electrical and my plant knowledge and also become chartered. I think that's something which is really important for me. I think, I guess, linking it back to kind of STEM and engineering as well, uh, science, technology, engineering, math. I think it's important as someone who's kind of been through the apprenticeship route to actually go back to kind of the grassroots and actually go to the schools, go to colleges, go to training providers and actually you know, give my story of this is what I've done. You know, this is the journey I'm on. Because what I found is as soon as you say to someone what industry you work in, nuclear, the first thing, first you don't see, the first thing they do is take three steps back. And then the first thing they say is, well, why are you working in that industry? You know, what did you do there? Especially some communities which haven't been kind of educated and which don't really understand it it's kind of it's almost like a taboo subject and but it's 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 something which i think that people need educating you know we've got world you know leading nuclear expertise at nnl you know we're working on some really innovative solutions you know we're helping organizations kind of be cleaner and making a kind of safer world for the for i guess the future generations and i think if as soon as people hear nuclear if, if they kind of taking a couple of steps back and they're like, hang on a minute, why are you working there? I think it's important to educate these people. And actually that's, I guess that's, that's something I really want to kind of get involved with and do. So I'm going to take you back to that parents evening. Your, your teacher said that, you know, it looks like you're going to fail your IT, right? And you just come home. Now, at, at that moment, perhaps when you, you were about to have a conversation about it at home, I guess, if you could sort of whisper one bit of advice into you, your younger selves ear at that point what what would be your advice to him be patient but don't settle um i think kind of don't be disheartened if the first thing you choose or your first job doesn't feel a hundred percent right um because you learn something whether it's about yourself or about kind of the subject um but at the same time don't wait around passively you know seize opportunities that come your way you know say yes to new opportunities and kind of keep every door open you know the succumbents it might not have uh anything to do with kind of engineering but actually i learned a lot about myself and i learned you know i took responsibility and it's something that i'm going to take in the future um but yeah keep keep every door open because you never know which one you want to go through i love that be patient and don't settle that's great advice ismail it's been brilliant chatting to you this morning thanks so much for your time pleasure to be here thank you Andrew if you've enjoyed this podcast to help others enjoy it too please subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and don't forget to rate and review thank you